0: Love, talk, radio. Live from Fort Bragg's backyard, this is the show that puts the 110 Nation on the map. There is only one nation, the 110 Nation, and you're listening to the 110 Nation Sports Show covering each and every sport across the board. There is no sport too large or too little. It's time to talk the talk. Here, Here we go. go. Here's the man, the founder, and your host, Mr. CJ Sport.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the 110 Nation Sports Show. I'm your host, Mr. C.J. Sports. You can follow me at Mr. C.J. Sports. You can follow the 110 Nation at 110 Nation. Check us out on Facebook, my personal fan page, Mr. C.J. Sports, the 110 Nation fan page, the 110 Nation Sports. Check out the site, www.the110nationsports.com, for all the latest going on here at the 110 Nation. Glad to be back in the studio here on this uh beautiful, sunny Tuesday night here in the uh, great state of Ohio. I know it says backdoor Fort Bragg. We got to get the new intro made. Um, for those that have not caught the show for, in a while or didn't hear uh, uh, about the move or anything else, uh, we, we we located up here in uh, good old Dayton, Ohio at this point now. Had um, moved back after 25 years. But anyway, we're not getting in all that tonight. I'm just glad to be in the studio. Make sure Monday night you guys uh, check out the 110 Nation Sports Radio Network, Race Chat Live, as the uh, guys had another great, great, great show last night. Um, so make sure you guys uh, tune in Monday night, 8 o'clock, right here on the 110 Nation Sports Radio Network um, for Race Chat Live with Chris, Craig, and Taz. Um, got a lot going on on the 110NationSports.com Nation uh, sports.com site make sure you guys jump over there. I'm actually uh, working on something right now about LeBron. We're going to talk about that um, here in a moment. Um, got some press, uh, press releases that we have, uh, have been dropping as we got, uh, great relationships with a, a few of the uh, race teams out there. So, uh, um, we, uh, dropped their, uh, press releases on our website. So, uh, Glad to have an opportunity um not only to do that, but uh also an opportunity to uh have these great relationships with these race teams. Um so I don't know what what is all going on right here. Um but uh Jordan Anderson Racing, of course Spen- uh Spencer Davis Motorsports, uh Green Light uh racing. Um I don't know why this all popped up. Um Rhett Jones Racing. Uh we used to have uh one of the co owners of Red Rhett Jones Racing on a on, on a weekly basis. Glad to uh uh see some things going on over there. Um I did uh, my article uh last uh Monday or Tuesday, uh, or Tuesday or Wednesday. Um uh, about what I talked about Major League Baseball and uh <laughs> um the unwritten rule and uh, people being upset at the wrong person. Um, so just a lot of different things going on, on the website, so make sure you guys jump over there and check that out. Uh, a couple, a couple of things that I do do want to get into. Um, a couple of the uh, hot topics that uh, I want to talk about, and then we're we're going to shift into a couple other things um, and get everything wrapped up for tonight. It's been a long, hectic week. Um, still short staff. It's amazing how many people are, are willing to are willing to just sit at home and collect an unemployment check, perfectly able to work, no reason to be sitting at home, but because you have no work I think lazy and just love to write off the uh, the government. You sit at home and do nothing and uh, leave all the sacrifices to all of those out there that do actually work. And I want to applaud those and thank those, uh, all those that have uh, gotten up every day, gone to work, uh, worked for their uh, what they've earned and uh, have some kind of spine in the back. So I want to thank you all. Um, Did get an opportunity this weekend, kind of non-sports. Well, uh, it's kind of sports related, I guess. Not really, but yeah. Um, Got an opportunity to sit through my uh, CCW class. I'm looking forward to getting my CCW. And uh, got a shout out to our brothers for uh, letting me borrow uh, their nine millimeters, one for myself and uh, one for Miss Brandy, as uh, we both went ahead and set the class together. And then got to uh shoot shoot a little bit on the range. Uh of course in the Army day I shot the M sixteen and uh I had a twelve gauge and a twenty two rifle at one point in time. Those were both pawned off in prior relationships. Um so I hadn't shot in a while nor had I shot a nine. Um, I tell you what, uh I pretty much got all uh well, I did get all twenty four on the target. I got all twenty four and probably um about the size of a ring of a cup um pretty pretty tight grouping was rather uh, happy and pleased with myself The instructor was uh um really uh, pleased and surprised. a um, matter of fact he told me the last round I didn't have to shoot if I didn't want to shoot um, i was <laughs> i qualified I was perfect um and I went ahead and shot up the last uh twenty or last six rounds um going twenty four for twenty four was had a fun experience. I tell you what, it was one of the one of the best classes that I've ever taken in my life. Um, uh, uh, a retired police officer then had his own private investigating firm that worked in working with the FBI of catching sex trafficking. As um, this area or Ohio, but this area specifically is like the biggest area for tra- sex trafficking. Um, and and just got to listen to life stories, experiences, learn some stuff, and and got to hear some uh, really uh, entertaining stories, funny stories, and um, just a great class. Before you knew it, the eight hours was over. As a matter of fact, we are supposed to get a break every hour, and sometimes it would be an hour and a half, two hours, and be like, look, I didn't mean to hold you all up. You know, we're past time on your break. You should have got a break like basically an hour ago or 30 minutes ago, and you just looked at your clock like, damn, dude, an hour and a half two hours really just go by. Like I have never sat in a class and, um, thought, damn, you know, that was quick two hours. That was a quick hour and a half. Um, but, uh, had a blast with that. Glad I got an opportunity to, uh, um, learn some stuff and, uh, get my certificate. Um, now we got to go down to the, uh, um, the, um, police department or whatever and drop our uh, certificates off and, uh, and apply for our, uh, actual CCW. So looking forward to that. Um, then I turned around and did probably one of the most un-American things I think I could do on Sunday and I got my second COVID-19 shot. <laughs> so uh, um, I didn't, I, I, I think I had a slight fever. As I was warmer than I normally was, and but I was only warm and hot, like my head and my neck area. So I'm not sure what that was about, but I didn't sleep real well, partially because of the heat and the other partial was because Miss Brandy didn't take the shot as well. Um, She ended up having a really bad headache, stuffy nose, um, just feeling blah. But the uh, lack of breathing um, and getting up and trying to breathe uh, also constantly woke me up. So not only was I already having trouble sleeping because I was warm due to um, the slight fever, then that was going on. Um, So I I ended up working about a half a day on uh, um, Monday. But anyway, glad to glad to be here, which kind of rolls me into um, my my first, really my first topic here that I want to jump into. Um, the uh, NBA finds Mavericks uh, Christoph Porzingis fifty thousand dollars for club visit after game one win of the Clippers, and I'm going to be I'm going to be talking about this in an article as well over at the, on the website as something I was working on. But uh, the, the NBA fined um, Porzingis $50,000 on Tuesday after he apparently went to a club um, in L.A. after their first playoff win on Saturday. Um, the league said that he attended a club on Sunday, one day after Dallas beat the Clippers, 113-106, to 106, opening round of playoff series table center according to the NBA rules. Players are prohibited, prohibited from going into any bar, club, lounge, or similar establishment, regardless the player's vaccination status. And so this this wouldn't be such a hot topic at all, really. Poor judgment, went to a club, violated COVID-19 rules, Um, got your $50,000 fine, okay. It is what it is. go about your business and, uh, everything, you know, it is what it is. But where this twist comes into play, where this becomes a hot topic now is Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James (laughs) decides that, uh, he's, uh, decides that he is going to, um, attend an outdoor event where participants were, an outdoor event, was the what was the, uh, attended an event promoting a tequila brand alongside rapper Drake and actor Michael B. Jordan before their play-in game against the Gold State Warriors, which violated the NBA's COVID-19 protocols. So we got Plasinias, Gets fined $50,000 for going out to the club, up in the club. Um, After after his win against the LA Clippers on Saturday night, Sunday night, whatever night that was, NBA fines him $50,000, violates protocol. But then we have LeBron James, who attends an event promoting – a tequila brand, with a bunch of people, which violates NBA protocol. And the NBA declined to punish him in any way, at all. So the NBA, it was all about treating everybody equally, all about equal rights, justice, all this stuff that she'd been promoting all year long. And we have one player that gets fined fifty thousand dollars for violating COVID nineteen policy. And then we here have LeBron James, the poster child. The the, the 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 player that you've been over backwards, basically changing every rule, law, scratching back everything violates the same policy and you turn the blind eye and there's no punishment to be coming of course this does not sit well with the NBA nation why am I going to say the NBA nation it doesn't it, it is crazy because really there's, there's two different fan bases <clears throat> you have an NBA fan base and then you have a sports fan base Mr. CJ Sports, how's this possible? How 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 is an NBA fan base not a sport fan base? Because a sports fan is about sports. It's about sitting down to watch a tip off, watching two teams playing each other, excluding everything going on in the world, not allowing politics, race sex, um, religion, anything could be a factor in what's going on for that two, three, four-hour period of time, rooting for a team, rooting for a player, and that's the focus, the conversation, the topic, the summary, and everything that has to do with that is it? Then you have the NBA fan that you don't just sit and watch a, a basketball game. You listen to LeBron tell you what is equal, what is what is not socially justice. You listen to LeBron put out hits on cops. You you talk about you, you watch a league disrespect the national anthem, the flag, and basically let you know that all cops are bad and that we should have nothing to do with cops and. It's all right to be violent against cops and burn down your city and everything else that has gone on with this whole movement. So there, there's there's two different fan bases here. And, and so you got the NBA fans that, uh, it's LeBron James, it's the king. You know, it is what it is. And then you have the sports fans that are irate at this point. So you're you're gonna tell me that all these justice shirts and equal opportunities and equal this and equal that, but then you have LeBron James, your 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 king, your your man that is all about equal rights and everybody having being treated justly equal. You have him break COVID nineteen protocol which you have all have been about this whole protocol. You, you've been part of this whole movement. You've been a part of being the sheep. You've been part of the whole agenda and not having fans. I don't think they still, I don't know if there's any fans. I don't know the game I was highlights that was just on while I was watching Colin Cowherd had cut out figures or screens of people. I don't even really think they still have fans on their stand. Any other sports done, moved on and realized that, okay, in the last 15 months we've realized that you can literally die from Anything and everything else in this world possible, versus dying from COVID nineteen itself. I uh, wake up, people, just wake up. But anyway, um, you're 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 so all in and, and and being part of this agenda and this political movement that we've gone to. But now you're going to allow your king, your leader, your your holier than thou you're go to break protocol and you're going to turn a blind eye, but you have Joe Schmo from the Dallas Mavericks break protocol and he's going to be slapped with $50,000 fine. I mean, I understand $50,000, not a lot of money to these basketball players. I understand they, they about make that a game, but it's the whole principle of the fact that you can't, preach equality you can't preach justice you you can't be part of this whole movement of adjustment and us being sheep and everything and then you find one player for breaking the COVID-19 protocol but then you're going to allow your king your leader LeBron James break the same protocol and you just turn a blind eye and he gets to do what he wants like how does that even even make sense? Um, the NBA went on to try to defend their their defending one player and fine in the other player. saying the club that the thing is attended to, almost certainly, almost certainly, can't guarantee, don't know, uh, was not regulated in the way that the event James attended was, hence the fine from the league. Um, So now we're going to speculate, we're going to speculate that this club was not following any kind of protocol, any kind of anything, and we're just going to assume that a bunch of people promoting a tequila, so a bunch of people standing around drinking and, and everything else, they all have gotten their shot. They had all followed all the protocols, all the policies, all everything is what you're gonna tell me. A bunch of a bunch of athletes, rappers, and paparazzi and everything, they all followed your protocol one hundred percent. But you're gonna guarantee, well, you're almost certainly, did not follow what had to be done. Even though the odds are that means Pozingis probably had some kind of security with him. Therefore, nobody was probably around him. If so, it was going to be his tight-knit click there um, that his bodyguards and security team was going to allow even in that particular area, the VIP section, that odds are that's where he was at. Because any time that I've even had simply UNC players come into a club, they had their own section that was secluded from everybody else, that only certain people were allowed over there. So you're going to tell me that that's what you're going to base that your your decision off of, that one player gets a $50,000 fine, because almost certainly. Um, but you, you have no doubt in your mind that um, – the event that was held by LeBron James and Drake and actor Michael J Michael B Jordan, you're going you're you're that that that's what you're going to go with that you you feel that one is going one one group followed protocol and another group probably did not sounds logical sounds like that equal justice and equality that you guys have been preaching all since last last basketball season. Makes sense. Let's let's hold one player to one standard and another player to another standard. But let's let's, let's not have equal justice for everybody. Let's let's give one person a fine and not another person. It makes perfect sense to me. I get it. Here's another thing that makes perfect sense, and we were sitting here listening to Colin Cowherd, and I'm not going to go to... The extreme blasphemy, blasphemy, blast? how do I say that word? Blasphemy, blasphemy, how do I say that word? I know you hear me. How do I say that word? Blasphemous, I guess is the word, um, blasphemy, that was with a me. Blasphemy? Blasphemy, I don't know. Um, as Colin Cowherd, um, as... It kind of threw a God joke in there that were really was not appropriate. But anyway, um, this whole Tim Tebow thing, and this was the whole issue, and this was why a lot of people did not, after I, I talked about this last week with, with Tim Tebow being signed, or I think, <laughs> excuse me, at that time, I think he was just tried out. I don't think he was officially signed. Uh, I don't think he was officially assigned Or not assigned. I don't think he was officially signed until after my show last week. But th- that was one thing that I talked about is why a lot of people did not sign Tim Tebow and why nobody was going to sign him at the quarterback position after we watched Tebow Mania the first time. That, that the fact that Tim Tebow was not an accurate quarterback, did not have that I think he's got a forty seven percent completion ratio rate. Um, but didn't have an accurate arm, didn't have a deep arm. Um and, and even back when I was doing shows when Tim Tebow was playing, I always talked about the fact that he was not a great a great quarterback, but he was a great leader. He he was someone that the players rallied around, the players listened to, um, the players played at a different level defense shut down the uh, opposition. Um, You had Matt Prater kicking 60,000-yard field goals to win games, and we we were just watching things that just normally wouldn't happen, um, especially the quarterback with his skill set. But the the issue with it was you created Tebow Mania. And so anywhere he went, as soon as you had a quarterback have a bad game or a couple bad games or put him on a team that this quarterback was really not that great, um, like when he went to the Jets, I think Mark Sanchez might have still been there. You you start to have the the, the chance of Tebow when he started to have disruption um, in the sideline, in the locker room, not that Tim Tebow was trying to bring all that. That's just kind of what followed Tim Tebow. And, and so like I talked about last week, that was one of the issues with having Tim Tebow on uh, on your team as a quarterback that i didn't understand where the ignorance was coming when you start comparing and being upset for those that were ignorant and talking about well Tim Tebow got signed before Colin Kaepernick there's an extreme difference when you have two quarterbacks that are not accurate that really don't have an arm that depended on their physical attributes in running the ball cuz that's really what Zebo and Colin Kaepernick end up relying on was an offensive scheme and play calling that led to them doing more running the ball and really kind of maximizing what they were good at and essentially staying away from deep balls and balls that required them to be accurate because they weren't accurate quarterbacks. difference between Tim Tebow and Colin Kaepernick is Tim Tebow had some size to him. So he was more like a running back, a fullback, <clears throat> running the ball versus um, Colin Kaepernick weighing a buck five second or soaking wet. and and more was like a a running back or or almost like a special team returner or wide receiver running the ball. Um, And either one, I I discourage very highly because what eventually happens happens to quarterbacks that run the ball a lot. When you start running into 250, 260-pound linebackers and 280, 300-pound defensive linemen, usually they win. Usually, 99.9999% of the time, those defensive players win and your quarterback gets hurt. Don't believe me? Ask RG3. Don't believe me? Ask Cam Newton. Don't believe me? What happened to uh, Lamar Jackson, this great quarterback? <laughs> Can't really throw the ball, requires the use of it his leg. What happened to him in the playoffs last year? Got knocked out the game. Essentially, that's what happens when you have quarterbacks that can't throw the ball um, or are not very accurate with the ball and require a lot of run first, pass second type of plays. Um, But essentially, that's what we had is two quarterbacks the same way. And like I stated last week, uh, both of them had their off-the-field stuff going on that caused disruption or disturbance on the sideline. One being a, a man of God and kneeling and bringing his whole Christianity to the sideline. And the other one that was disrespecting the national anthem and and basically saying all cops are bad. Um, I, I am someone that goes to church every Sunday. I'm, I'm one that goes to church most Wednesdays. I'm one that volunteers with the church and helps as much as I am but I can, but I also believe just like I don't want politics and sports. I don't need the disruption of my beliefs or somebody else's beliefs going on on the sideline. And the reason I say that is I believe what I believe, but I also I'm not naive at saying that what I believe is 100% correct, that the particular religion and teachings that I follow and what my pastor says is 100% the accurate accurate only truth. With there being many different religions and different, what word am I looking for, different um, interpretations of the Bible, I'm not going to be naive to think without a shadow of a doubt that what someone in front of the particular church I go to is the only 100% way that God is meant for that to be interpreted, to be taught to me. I, 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 I believe there's faults in different religions, just like you'll have someone that goes to a Catholic church. that, You know, I, I can't believe that anybody would be naive enough to think that a religion that takes out one of the Ten Commandments because you're not supposed to bow down to any grave and image but you reword that because ultimately that's what you do before. When you go in, you kneel down, do the whole cross symbol and everything else. And things are changed in their Bible versus another Bible. So I'm not naive to think that what I am taught and how I interpret things or how my particular pastor interprets things is the exact 100% only way that it's supposed to be interpreted. I, I, I believe that, there's a lot of things that are misinterpreted or mistaught in religions, but I, I believe that most of them, for the most part, get it right. They're just different areas that kind of are been tweaked, I guess the one I'm going to use to fit their religion and fit how they want to believe things or how they want to interpretate things. Um, and, and so I don't want all that going on. you you got 53 players that were raised 53 different ways, that I guarantee there's at least probably 10 different religious backgrounds going on. I'm sure there are some Protestants, some Catholics, some Baptists, some Southern Baptists, some non-denominationals, some Buddhas, Buddhism, um, whatever. Atheists, uh, atheists, I don't need all that going on on the, on the sideline. Not when we're there to play a game, not why we're there to be focused on the ultimate goal of the Lombardi Trophy. What you do before the game, what you do after the game, if you all want to go kneel at the 50-yard line and say a prayer, I, all that, that that's, your, that's whatever you all want to do as a team player. I don't care. What Tim Debo did on a sideline after he scored, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, I don't need all the distractions going on the sideline of anything other than people being focused on. And it's not so much it being a distraction of what he did. It's a distraction of what everybody else brought into it. Just like I understand why Colin Kaepernick was doing what he was doing. Not that I believed in what he was doing. And what he did was very disrespectful. But it's everything that went with it, the distraction, the the – um, the controversy and everything that is more of the issue versus why he was doing or what he was doing. So now you got two players that are non-accurate quarterbacks, that rely on their leg because they don't really have the arm, neither one of them have a contract, and both of them, good, bad, ugly, pretty, beautiful, whatever the reason is. Have something going on that they have caused sideline distractions, and it's fo- taking focus away from what's supposed to be going on on the field um, during the game. And then enters Tebow's return to the NFL. He said, "You know what? I'm not even asking to play quarterback." But now I'm taking most of my distraction away because now there's no, no longer going to be Tebow mania, even though Trevor Lawrence, which is probably not going to be much better of a quarterback, is the quarterback. I am not going to ask for a bunch of money because I know that I am 33 years old playing a position that I've never played before. I'm not, at least at the collegiate level or the NFL level. So I'd be willing to bet it's probably a veteran minimum kind of contract with bonuses tentatives um, so that if he does happen to perform at a, an unexpected level, he will at least make some kind of money. And I, I am going to play for my former coach. And then people go all up in arms. Because here we still have Colin Kaepernick, who still feels that he should be paid a starter quarterback salary who still should be a quarterback in the NFL. Then now we got the whole religion thing that's now playing into all this. Now now we got people upset because Tim Tebow's back in the league. You got those that feel that because people are upset, it's because of his religious nature. I done told you I, I go to church on a regular basis. I could care less what his religion is. I don't even care what denomination that he believes. I honestly don't care. He's a great guy, does great things, does great things for the word. But at the end of the day, when I turn my TV on, to watch the Jacksonville Jaguars, not that I ever turned on to watch the Jacksonville Jaguars, unless they're playing the Cleveland Browns. But at the end of the day, when I turn the TV on to watch the Jacksonville Jaguars play, I'm turning it on to see what he does on the field. Not what church he goes to. Not to see what denomination that he believes. Not to see what missions he's part of. So I'm not understanding at what point we shifted the fact that he's not playing a quarterback position, that he's pretty much taking a minimum contract so he can make a return at 33 years old, that people have managed to turn this, they tried to turn it into a race thing. That was shot down when it was pointed out, the fact that he's not coming back as a quarterback. And that Colin Kaepernick could have came back last year after this whole George Floyd thing blew up and Roger Goodell made made the statement that maybe we we didn't handle all this right. Had teams come look at him, had conversations. But once again, because he wants to be paid a certain amount of money, (laughs) paid more than he's ever been worth. And it's still stuck on being the quarterback in the NFL, which he's really not. We had to turn this around and throw now the religious thing in there. I, I don't get what or why or how people sit around and find ways to continuously spin this. The odds of Tim Tebow playing in 16 games this season, if I was a betting man, if I, I was in Vegas right now and I had a million dollars to lay any one bet on there and one of the bets on the table was will Tim Tebow play all 16 games? I'd lay a whole million dollars down on no. I don't see it happening. Honestly, I'd be kind of surprised if he even actually plays an actual NFL game. Because at 33 years old, not being much of a quarterback in the NFL, at the NFL level, not been able really to be a baseball player that he spent the last five, seven years, whatever it is, trying to be, Tim Zebo might be this great man. He might be this physically fit man he might be one of the best followers of, of God and, and have this whole religious life that is, is one of the best walking on the face of the earth but when it comes to playing football or baseball at the professional level Tim Tebow does not have it and I, I applaud the man for not giving up I applaud the man for the life he is leading and the example. If I had an opportunity to have a kid that played sports and had to pick a role model, it would be Tim I would rather them not have this successful life and a sports career and still be a, a person of God and follow God and know that they – are going to have an eternal life in heaven versus having a rich and famous life and and walk down a road of, of infidelity and drugs and alcohol and eventually the road to hell. Like that is what that is. You know, I was, I was the day before my son was born. Both my parents were sitting in my living room, or no, not my living room, my kitchen. And we we was playing cards. We got into this whole conversation about sports. You know, growing up, I, I played multiple different sports. I was in football for, I don't know, three, four, five years. I was in baseball probably five, six years. I had bowled three, four years, um, and I I, I was good the, the sports I played. Baseball, my beginning years, I was a pitcher, and then I ended up transitioning into catcher. And, and most people kind of scratch their head, you, you transition to catcher, and you said you're good, but you, you went from catcher to pitcher. I tell you what, the first time that I had a ball coming back twice as fast as me as I threw that ball at them and about took my head off, that was I was good. <laughs> I became very nervous after that. I would rather be behind the batter with all the pads and helmets and gear on. <laughs> I was good. I didn't I didn't I, I got my fulfillment of being a pitcher. <laughs> I pitched for a few years. And I was good at it. But like I said, that first one that I had to basically fall straight to the ground, not getting my head taken off. I was good. I was very nervous after that. I was waiting for the next one to come back at my head and uh I was I was ready to transition out of the pitcher position. Um, football, uh I started off on the offensive line, ended up becoming running back. I was very good at what I did. Um, had upset a couple um, as they were expecting me to continue Playing and they were going to have an opportunity to, to have me as the running back, and um, I had to take one summer off um, due to my mom and my stepdad um, being pregnant with the next oldest of my youngest brothers, um, and I just never went back. But we, we were sitting there and we was talking and we're playing cards and we was talking about my football and my baseball and more so my football and how good I was. And my mother actually broke down crying and I apologized that the fact that I had to quit playing sports because of that summer where she was pregnant and they didn't want to be out in the heat and basically my stepfather did not allow it. And I told her, I was like, look. This was the path that God wanted me to take. Who knows? Maybe I would have became a uh, a running back in the NFL. Maybe not. But maybe I would have. Maybe I would have made millions. Maybe I wouldn't have. Maybe I would have got wrapped up in the wrong women, alcohol, drugs, because I had that money, because I had that fame. I said it all happened for a reason. I I have no resentments. I have no ill feelings. There, There was a reason why I was not sent down that path. There's a reason why... God did not want me to continue the route I was going. Maybe he felt I wouldn't have been able to handle the fame, the money. Maybe it was just not meant to be. Maybe I would have been wasting my high school, college years doing something that was meaningless and never would have made it. Maybe it was more meaningful for my life to have served in the military and ended up where I'm at now. I said I, I, I never, never have thought about it. Never had really, you know. Like I said, no, no Ill, Ill thoughts, feelings, regrets, nothing like that. And it's kind of the same way when it comes to my children. That if they're going to pick a role model, I would, I would rather it be someone like Tim Tebow. That. He's made a comfortable living, a a comfortable life. Um, I'm sure he's probably more than comfortable. I I don't know his financial situation. I I know that he's a paid broadcaster. He's played in the NFL. Um, I don't know to what extent his baseball contract paid him. Um, So I'm sure that it's more than a comfortable living, but it's also not a LeBron James living situation or a a, – Patrick Mahomes, $500 million living situation. But I I would rather them follow in his footsteps and live the right life and and lead the right life and be happy and, and have the opportunities than follow a different person's life And be unhappy, and not be right with God, and really inside not be happy. y yeah, so you, you got some of those people out there in the sports world that they they flash that money and flash that lifestyle like they're happy, but at the end of the day they're alone, they're unhappy uh, when when the party's over with and they go home by themselves to be by the be alone. Um, because those people are there just for the money, for the parties, for that lifestyle, not because they're actually friends and people you grew up with and the right people would be around. Um, does not doesn't make it a happy life? I, I just, I don't understand how we've gotten to this place. Where it's all right for the right agendas or am I gonna say the right agendas, but for certain gen- agendas, then it's all right for one thing, but it's not right all right for another. It's all right to find one player for breaking protocol, but it's not right to find another player for for breaking protocol. It's not right to be happy for someone that is living the right life and making sacrifices, willing to do something that I guarantee makes him feel uncomfortable. I I, I couldn't imagine playing a certain position my whole life. Because it's not just his NFL career, not even just his Florida Gator uh, career. But I'd be willing to bet his high school football career, high school football years and even prior to before then, that's the position he played. And then it stepped away to the away from the game all these years, and just like that, so he has an opportunity to possibly live his dream one more time, change a position. No longer are you throwing the ball, but now you're trying to catch the ball. No longer are you trying to avoid being tackled, now you're trying to throw blocks to help someone else not get tackled. Like I could not imagine the uncomfortable the uncomfortability that's got to be in that changing of the position, something not not obviously not that he's not willing to sacrifice to do. And obviously he's got the body frame to do it. But one, just like he spent most of his career trying to be a quarterback and did not get the skill set enough to be a professional football player other than that short stint of just a bunch of luck and good defense. Now you're expected to play at an NFL, and I talk about this all the time, the difference between the NFL and college. By the time you get to the college, and yes, I know there's a few teams that just suck. So I, when I say the 32 of the best, the best of the uh, 32 best of the best, I know that there's exceptions to the rule. I mean, hell, look at the Cincinnati Bengals; they suck. There's not really too many skilled players on that damn team. But when you compare that to the NCAA, that has 200 some odd colleges that you spread out five star recruits um, that are on scholarships across. Is because once once Ohio State's filled up, and LSU's filled up, and Alabama's filled up, and all these uh, top colleges—Michigan, Wisconsin, Nebraska—it starts trickling down. So some of those five-star recruits, in order to get their free ride, they got to start playing for these other conferences in order to get their fill the spots because all the other colleges have already gotten their spots filled. And then your four-star recruits, three-star, then you get some of those that the best they have is three-star recruits two star recruit. Some of them, they don't even have the scholarship funding like that, and you're just getting walk-ons and people that are paying to go to college. So where the NFL, you got 32 of what's supposed to be the best possible 53 players on each team. College, you got 200-some-odd players with 50 something odd 60-odd, I don't know how many players college will all keep. So that's where you get your Toledo Bombers and your Ohio Bobcats, and you're so so on and so on, no-name colleges or backwood colleges that, you know, Ohio State sprinkles into their schedule, and Alabama sprinkles into their schedule. You know, those games that are usually 77 to nothing going into halftime or the third quarter, and uh, you you sit there and question why they're even on the schedule. There's a difference. (laughs) So, therefore, at the tight end position, you have 31 other teams that have legitimate tight ends. So being outside of your comfort zone, not only are you changing your position that you ultimately kind of failed at, at your first position, after being out of the sport for five, six, seven years, whatever it is, at the ripe age of 33, why most of the people, and like you did the first time you came in the sport on your early 20s, usually at 33, you're at the back end of your career, getting ready to leave the the sport. (laughs) Now you're expected to change positions and play at the level that only about 31. Some teams have two tight ends that are our top caliber. Uh, most teams have 31 or have one tight end with a backup that's all right. So let's we'll, we'll say 40 other top tight ends, and you're expected to be one of those tight ends. I can imagine how uncomfortable that is. But because of the double standard, here we are. We're going to compare this to Colin Kaepernick who's wanting starting quarterback pay, that's not a starting quarterback, that had his opportunity last year if he really wanted to be back in the NFL, but because really you're just more worried about the dollar bill versus the actual play in the sport, now we're going to twist it into a whole religion thing. And if you're for Tebow, it's because he's a man of God. And if you're against Tebow, it's because you don't like God. Like, can we just leave it on that this man's willing to sacrifice and kind of go outside the box, come out of his comfort zone, willing to be man enough to admit, you know what, I sucked as a quarterback. Let me see if I can try it in another position and make the sacrifice and see if I can learn another position. If I make it, I make it, I don't, I don't. And let's not focus on the fact that it's a white white a former white quarterback and a former black quarterback. If it's a guy kneeling on the sideline for God versus a guy kneeling on the sideline for um not standing for the national anthem, can can we just focus on what is actually going on here? Can we not applaud this man for 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 the efforts? I I know, once again, if I was in Vegas, I would slap a million dollars down on the fact that, no, he would not be a great tight end, probably not even a discussion of a good tight end. If he even plays at all, he might have one play that we'll talk about all year long. Probably. Just one. One player, his size, he might run over, he might catch a a cornerback or a DB off guard and, and bulldoze him over or he might get lucky and have some kind of spin move, catch the ball with the defender to his back, and kind of spin one way or another and catch the DB off guard and kind of break their ankles and either score a touchdown or get some yardage. If I was a bad man, no, I do not think he will excel at this position. I won't. don't think he'll be in the conversations of good, great, Honestly, regardless of how many games he plays, I would be beyond shocked if we even talk about more than two, 300 yards, total yards and catching. Well, let's be honest. But I'm more focused on the fact that this man is willing to come out of his comfort zone, that he's willing to, to try something to to fulfill his dream, That's that's part of what's wrong with people these days is you run into a few obstacles, hit a fumble, s- couple speed bumps in the road and you give up on your dream. If it was that easy to accomplish all your dreams and they wouldn't be dreams, they wouldn't call them dreams. Anyway, they, they, they would just call it everyday life or whatever. <laughs> dreams are something that it takes obstacles Things to accomplish to get there, I don't know where and how we've gotten to this place where we're fine with double standards where we're we're fine with well, he gets to do this why not why not this player we're 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 going to leave out the fact that you know he's switching positions and he, he's willing to not take maximum contracts, and we're, we're going to cherry-pick the facts so we can spin this into a race thing. And when it does not work at the race card, then we're going to turn it into a religion thing. Can Can we just for a moment just relish in the fact that we have someone out there that our kids should look up to? Like I said, I I understand that when I say that, I'm saying you want your kid to look at someone that is not athletically gifted, and and like I said, he's lived a great life. Would he like to have been a, a, a top 10 quarterback in the NFL or even a top 20 quarterback in the NFL? I'm sure. But the man's won the national title at the collegiate level. Not every quarterback that's played is we have two hundred some odd quarterbacks a year play versus all the years that we've had of collegiate football. So think about all the quarterbacks that have never won a championship. Tebow is one of those. Think about all the quarterbacks I can name all the quarterbacks in just my Cleveland Browns that have never played or won a playoff game in the NFL. Think about all the quarterbacks that's never started or won in an NFL game. Think about all those that have never played at League Baseball that have not made it. All those kids that you go by the baseball field or you go watch in high school or college. He's had NFL contracts. He's had a couple NFL contracts. I got another NFL contract. Paid really well. To be a broadcaster. Next Tuesday night, I'll be back in the studio. Right here, 8 o'clock. Monday night, the guys will be back here at Race Chat Live, 8 o'clock. Right here on the 110 Nation Sports Radio Network. Chris, Taz, Craig, make sure you guys tune in. Don't forget, you guys can uh, like us on Facebook, the 110 Nation Sports. You can follow us on Twitter, at 110 Nation. Make sure you guys check out the site, www.the110nationsports.com, for all the latest going on here at the 110 Nation. Until next Tuesday night, you guys have a great week. Happy Memorial Day. I'll see you guys on
0: Tuesday. Thanks for listening to the 110 Nation Sports Show with Mr. CJ Sports. You are a part of the 110 Nation, so be sure to visit the 110Nation.com for everything related to the show. You can follow CJ on Twitter at 110Nation and on Facebook at 110 Nation Sports. Until next time...